We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land where we're recording. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging, and to all Indigenous peoples worldwide who are listening in. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Doyen Interviews. My name is Bridget and today we'll be having a chat to Woods Bagot Principal Sarah Ball. Our conversation centres around the topic of creativity, looking at the past, the present and the future. Thanks again to Anon for the amazing introductory music. So Sarah, thanks for joining us today. If you could begin with introducing yourself and discussing a little bit about your current role, how long you've been there and what you're up to. Well, thank you, Bridget, for inviting <laughs> me to be, be part of this, which is um, pretty uh, super cool and exciting to be considered alongside the other amazing yeah. women that you are interviewing. Yeah. So um, I am an architect yeah. by training, Yeah. A registered architect, and I, my role here at Woods Bagot is I am also a principal in the firm, which means that Great. I'm a shareholder and owner okay. of the firm. And I also currently lead our education and science sector team. So it's a bit of a multifaceted role, yeah. which I love. Yeah. And I think also particularly because all of the aspects link together. So right. as an architect, I'm working with our, our clients and our project teams to deliver uh, incredible projects. Yeah, I mainly work... Um, across education and science projects and that certainly wasn't a um, deliberate career path when I graduated Um, but more of an evolution of the projects I've been involved in and that also in that leadership role within Woods Bagot it enables me to connect with colleagues broadly so work with all of our other Woods Bagot studios in terms of um, projects Sure. Um, knowledge, working with clients. Sure. And then as a principal, uh, I have the responsibility of being part of the team leading Woods Bagot and, you know, also that element of the, the business of architecture. So wow. yeah. Running a business. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a few different sides to what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, Great. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And, um, yeah, so I, I had a look over the article that was written about you in the book Rich for the Sky, which was really interesting. And I loved reading about um, you as a child and creativity. And <laughs> it got me thinking about my childhood and, yes, yeah, similarities. And probably a lot of architects and designers could look back and think to cubby houses and being creative. And I thought it could be interesting to approach this interview looking at creativity broadly, not so much focusing on uh, you as a female, and I'm sure that will sort of tie into it, but yeah, looking at how creativity could be something that um, brings people together regardless of race or gender, and looking at um, Woods Bagot as a global organisation, I find that, you know, quite an interesting thing to think about. So if you could look back, how do you think you saw creativity when you were younger? What sort of creative things did you do? I think that's a really interesting question about reflecting back on what I saw creativity is and it's probably only now that I can kind of differentiate what I perceived creativity 
to be, but also to look at broadly that it was my life had much more of it right. than I probably recognised yeah. at the time. Yeah. I think when I was growing up, I primarily associated creativity with art and right. drawing right. and design. So I was the one with the I had the dough and pencils, the textures, <laughs> the thick pads of paper, yeah. um, drawing, drawing many things. That was yeah. my my thing. Be it patterns. Wow. Um, I went through a stage of drawing. Um, uh, fashion, fashion releases <laughs> every summer holiday. Oh, that's cool. Which was um, quite funny when I look back on it now. So I think do I you still this, have any of them? Oh, I think my mum still has some. I think that was my, you know, creativity, like through this lens of was art and drawing. Right. But you know, I look back on it now, and and I think, you know, my my upbringing, the way that my um, parents encouraged us was. Um, I do remember when we were little, we had this thing that my mum created, which was called the useful box. (laughs) And um, this was her creation and it was this box where she kept like all these old, like, you know, wrapping paper from presents, you know, extra paints, buttons, other um, odds and ends. And probably when we had nothing to do, she'd sit us down with the the useful box (laughs) and we would would make make things. Oh, that's cool. but I think the thing I was always drawn to was um, drawing yeah. and painting and was kind of my medium of choice. And yeah. and I did pursue art through all of my senior years of schooling yeah. alongside two maths and physics, so yeah. figure. Um, <laughs> but also then looking back, I can also see now with a broader understanding of what creativity might be is that there was so much in my life as a child that was encouraged just through through play yeah. with my brother on holidays. Yeah. Um, I did ballet. You know, mum encouraged us. You know, I remember cooking after school, music. I played the cello and the piano for right. many years and I, and I loved reading. So yeah. I think I can appreciate now that it was just part of my childhood yeah. as yeah. opposed to just considering um, drawing. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, I mean, sort of where you are now, how do you um, feel like you've grown creatively? It'd be different, yeah, times where you've done things differently or, yeah, different creative projects. Yeah, and um, I think it's a really interesting question that has challenged me on my idea of um, who I am as an architect, my role in the firm and the idea of the, the creative. Right. And you have made me <laughs> look back and, yeah. and reflect and, and yeah. think when I go back to looking at, you know, upon graduation and much earlier in my career, yeah. I was probably much more involved um, hands-on on projects, developing concepts, designs, yeah. drawings with a, um, with a director, project director, and you know, I was very much in that creative project process which is all all immersive and you know that can be the whole day um but then my career path which probably accelerated um more into this leadership role across a broader range um probably moved me away from that idea of the creative conceptual architect or or designer so uh that was challenging for me at first in terms of what my idea of architecture was. Yeah. But I, I think the other thing also working at Woods Bagot, and I'm sure this is the same across um, many other firms, is that 
uh, I'm exposed to many brilliant yeah. design minds who yeah. are exceptional yeah. creative thinkers in, in terms of creative design responses. So um, you begin to find your your place as to how you contribute. Yeah. And, um, so I think it has also made me lead to begin to think of um, considering creativity more than just the being the designer exactly, on yeah. the project. Yeah. So I think that my idea of creativity has broadened. It is really the way in which I think you know, fundamentally we're a design firm, so the way in which we respond to everything should start from a creative point of view. So yeah. Um, so I like to hang on to that <laughs> in a management role at times. Uh, but also in my role, I'm I'm involved in a lot of the, the front-end strategic thinking, yeah. be it from the initial conversations with clients or even bidding for work. Yeah. So I'm still part of those conversations and then it's also um, letting go control yeah, <laughs> and letting exactly. other people drive the design ideas. Yeah. So um, I think it's been that step from more there's still being part of it and driving ideas as opposed to the the controlling yeah. and the doing every um, um, element of yeah. what the design is. Yeah, exactly. So, I think there's a lot in what you're saying and if you look back to uni, I feel like we're really taught with this idea of the conceptual designer. But mm-hmm. then if you look at a career like yours, I think it still is very creative, but it's, it's causing us to think about how creativity works in a broad practice and how you're actually inspiring, you know, this creative process for a lot of people and letting go of that idea that we're, you know, maybe drawn to architecture by and actually what's it actually like in the real world. I think it's very different. Um, So I find that really interesting. And I think everyone has a place to play in in a project and particularly large projects as well is that, you know, the... The door detail, or dare I say, even how the bathrooms come together. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's the actual resolution of that um, conceptual idea. And I think everyone, um, no matter where they're at in their career, can can contribute. And that's something as a team we really try and live by, that anyone can have yeah. a great idea. And it's not just yeah. the upfront um, designer. But I, I must admit that the bits that probably bring me most joy yeah. <laughs> in terms of work yeah. is being in the thick of those yeah. design conversations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess that sort of jumps to, um, might go back to my question about advice, but if we jump to a present day, um, <laughs> I find that really interesting to, to um, think about what you would do on a day-to-day basis and sort of following on from that I think every designer can relate you have times where you're loving it and you're yeah in the middle of these design conversations it's so exciting and then you'll have another couple of days and it's like you know repetitive work um so yeah what does a good day look like for you (laughs) (laughs) oh what does a good day look like well I think I'd start by saying there's no two days that are yeah the same yeah um and again that's what I love about the role and I suppose where I'm at I'm not as I'm not in the one project working through an issue I'm yeah. across a number of things um be it projects working with staff to make sure their career is going in their direction working on the business and where we're going so there's no 
one day, which I really enjoy, but I, I think there is a sense of when it feels like everything's going right yeah. is that you feel that the day is purposeful, you're making progress. Um, there's nothing better than clients responding positively yeah. to the work that you're doing and yeah. knowing that they are they're on the same page, uh, even working with consultants or teams that you know, the project is progressing and, and you're beginning to see this come to life in the way that you, you want it to. So yeah. I think progress and purpose make a really good yeah. day. And then the opposite. And, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so how do you cope? I mean, there's... Woodbank's a big um, organisation. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, the complete opposite is sometimes when there are just too many meetings and you just think, oh, when you feel like you're not actually getting yeah. anything done or it's not going in the right direction or you yeah. get a negative response to an idea that you think is brilliant yeah. and you have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Um, I think, again, it is just going back to the fundamentals, taking a deep breath <laughs> and, yeah. and going through things one by one and maybe looking at things from a different perspective and yeah. coming back to things in a different different way. Um, I trying to say no to some things that might not be mission critical to yeah. free up the time to work on the important things. Right. And I think the thing that I have also learned, it will always be a new day tomorrow. Yeah, that's good <laughs> advice. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so, yeah, I guess sort of on that same note, um, yeah, what do you think are some of the things that keep you interested, um, keep you inspired yeah. and moving forwards? that I'm drawn to architecture as well is also the you know the tactile and the physical yeah. nature of it so you know it's a response to a design problem I think the other thing is that it, it can have such an important influence on, on people and our yeah. cities and the way people interact with space um, and you know it can make you feel things uh, I remember even you know walking into projects that are completed that you've been part of, you know, there's still that sense of wonderment every yeah. time. It's like, wow, this this is what we wanted to achieve. Yeah. And also seeing people use spaces in the way that you intended yeah. or even ways you just hadn't even thought of. Right. And, um, yeah, so I think I really like that. I, I believe that good architecture can really make a difference. Yeah. So that I find really positive. And I think what keeps me interested, uh, I have been at Woodspagate over 13 years yeah. now and, and elsewhere before yeah. then, is um, architecture is, that it's not static and your yeah. career is not static yeah. and every project is different and you're always learning something new. Still, you know, you can never know everything and just the ability to keep learning and discovering, I think, is something that is important in any any job. Yeah. Um, the other thing that keeps me interested uh, is I get to work with incredible people. Yeah. Um, be it clients who are just super smart at their area yeah. of expertise that right. I know nothing about yeah. can be incredible. And also here I have the ability to, to work with people on the other side of the, the world as well so yeah um yeah working with great people yes yeah. keeps things going as well yeah and I guess this, this is a question that's not on there but I'll just ask no. because it's come to mind yeah. um 
this attraction to working with great people, yeah. um, getting great projects, do you think that it's a bit of a push and pull in terms of the work that you're producing? Like, how, what do you think have been some of the drivers behind Woods Baggett to actually get to that level? And I mean, it's a huge, it's a mm. huge question, but I'm sure that's the age old question, you know, how <laughs> do you get good projects and how do you get, yeah, great outcomes? Great outcomes, yeah. It's kind of that circular, circular question or statement Uh, what comes first chicken or the egg right um and i think that you know great people and great teams deliver great projects and if you are doing great work you're going to attract great people be it clients who want to work with you because of what you do and also staff who are knocking on the door saying i'm interested in coming and working here because i know the work that you do so it's kind of this circular thing and somewhere along the way we've got it right and um the two are really really coming together so um yeah Yeah. and so in terms of that um that wheel i guess what do you think are some of the barriers to good design um so yeah how do you keep everyone together and (laughs) moving along teams that you think on paper yeah will be great teams yeah sometimes don't you oh really and um i think the thing that um it continually working on and looking at is um communication right between team members yeah is is really important and going back to the idea that everyone is part of the team for for a reason yeah and everyone brings a different a different skill set right and it's about respecting what everyone else brings yeah and that we all need each other yeah so um i can't do my role without all of my team members because they enable me to do what yeah i do right uh i think again coming back to diversity yeah um is an important thing and as you've touched on it's not just gender yeah it is um staging career age outlook um could be even different project experience yeah so uh while um, mainly working on education and science projects is actually bringing in people who've never worked on that project typology before because they will approach it from a very different yeah different different mindset but um trying to work out what is the best team dynamic is is critical to um to moving it forward and would you say um your organization is quite fluid with teams like would you if it's not working would you be changing people around um or do you sort of have how does it actually work in such a big organization with little clusters of people yeah yeah great question one we're still (laughs) always trying to get 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 better at because of the fluid nature of projects and the stages and when you win one um some of the people who you think might be perfect might already be committed on yeah. another project yeah and the ambition is still always to have the the right team and look as to who would be best on that project right hope that they're available yeah and, and bring the team together <laughs> yeah. or look at strategies we we often do look at a full studio review right so we look at who's working on every every project yeah is that the right um team for the stage of the project as well and then we might also move people around to look at the idea that every project is is important and, yeah. and balancing up the um the skill set on the mm. the team so that's interesting jumping to the future i guess you've mentioned a little bit about education and um 
how education is changing. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm interested to hear about your perspective globally. Where do you think education is going? And I think creativity plays so much into that. And it's so important, I think, for designers um, to be involved in the evolution of um, pedagogy and learning spaces because, you know, touching on everything that we've talked about, you and your team would fundamentally approach things with cre- this creative mind. And, um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your perspective on that. Uh, education is um, is changing. The, yeah. And one of the biggest things that has obviously impacted on that is technology. Yeah. That said... I fundamentally believe that the the university campus will um, continue to to thrive and be be really relevant. But the way in which we design them will need to be to be different yeah. to to respond to that. Um, what what we are learning is that you know students can now have the best of both. So the ability to um, obtain information online but students will come to campus for those really important connections and creating those communities. And we know that when students do have a a peer group community, they perform perform better. I think the thing that we're also looking to when we design spaces is, again, not come with a fixed view of how classrooms or different space typologies have to be because I really do believe that we are going to see every single campus space change over the coming years is understand the activities that need to to happen within the spaces um the ability to use technology will still be fundamental but spaces for for people to to come together to work to work around um small devices use large devices um but it is very much about people coming together and also the class experience will also be more about learning those soft skills and that will include creative thinking so lots of employers um you know they expect graduates to come out with a base knowledge of their their degree or or what they're specializing in but really learning um also the skills that will be applicable in the workplace so being able to work in a group being able to think um, autonomously and creative problem solving and to be able to present and communicate those those ideas so um, I think that's one thing that we see as key is that you know technology makes us even more connected than ever Um, but people really need those interpersonal skills to continue to to thrive right Um, if we also look at how they're talking about everything you know the, the loss of certain job types through yeah. automation yeah the one thing that will continue to be um valued is creative thinking and right. and problem solving and those those soft soft skills and i guess what would be your this is again a large question but <laughs> what are some of your approaches to achieve that through design i think there's so much research that goes into these things but mm. then it's another thing entirely to actually be able to unpack that um, mm. and you know approach that from your position in terms of a team and getting people to understand why you're doing certain things and you know it's it's, it's quite big topics and quite a lot of research um yeah how do you apply those to spaces yeah well we're also very lucky that we um uh, as a team and i work very closely with my colleague joe dane right and 
also Dr. Ken Fisher, who yeah. are very, yeah, they specialise in that area of um, pedagogy yeah. and, and learning outcomes. Right. So we kind of approach the design fundamentally from the learning outcomes. Yeah. And we have a kind of criteria that evaluates what um, students um, can do within a room. So some of the, the simple things uh, that come through in terms of effective teaching and learning outcomes are um, the ability to to move furniture within the room yeah. so that um, spaces can be reconfigured. Right. Um, access to, um, you know, writable surfaces yeah. and things to brainstorm ideas. Not right. everything has to be done yeah. um, in uh, online or with um, yeah. computers. I think even just things that we know as humans which are make spaces delightful and also, um, you know, improve productivity, access to natural light, yeah. um, good indoor air quality. Yeah. Acoustics is a really interesting um, one as well because we are seeing a trend towards um, still how do you move from a situation where you used to teach 200 plus to 400 people in a lecture theatre, yeah. how do you now move that to a group collaborative setting? So right. we are beginning to yeah. see um, universities look at creating larger cohort sizes in collaborative learning, which yeah. is a, a challenge. Yeah. Uh, well, an interesting um, problem to, to tackle. But I think the main thing is, again, having conversations with people about what they want to do and how we could approach it as opposed to them being set in their ways yeah. as to how a classroom must be. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm sure that's a big um, opportunity to mm. have conversations and to educate people and to be educated as mm. well. Um, and so commenting and thinking about um, Woods Bagot as this global organisation and your role is mm. um, yeah, involved not just in Melbourne but yeah interacting with um, other teams um, do you, and that I guess that also touches on technology do you feel that globalization and technology are causing us to think differently and from a creative perspective I think the thing is that again technology provides connections yeah immediate connections that we never never used to have and then I go back to um, how we work as Woods Bagot as one global studio, so we yeah. work um, in that way, and it does bring this benefit of being able to speak to people and um, draw from project experiences that probably wouldn't have access to, to yeah. otherwise. So I could yeah. be speaking to, uh, we've got an amazing lab expert, Leslie Asher, in San Francisco. So, you know, in, when we're doing science and lab projects, we'll often be. Um, having VCs um, sending material electronically. But interestingly, we also find that they are more the... Um, the VC and the technology is great, but having those personal connections and actually having met people or been in the room together right. um, also really, in, really enhances that. Right. So I think it gives us... A, as shareholders in and all the principles we do get together globally right and again that ability to, to sit next to and have conversations yeah. with people from Beijing studio or the Dubai studio who I, I wouldn't normally yeah. sit next to gives you a, a complete different perspective and yeah I think a different way of thinking about things that said 
while we might have a similar process that we want to make sure things go through, I uh, really believe that everything has to be deeply rooted in its local right. local context. Yeah. Don't believe you should be able to pick up a building that was designed in Dubai and stamp it in Melbourne and think that that, yeah. that works. Yeah. I think the really interesting projects are where it is really um, that local local context um, it draws on the communities and also might be ways of working or manufacturing but also testing those and challenging different ways of thinking by looking at well what else is being done around the world could yeah. it be applied here so yeah I think there's a great opportunity yeah I just wouldn't want to see it as certainly not a um, copy paste. yeah copy paste yeah. um design yeah. design approach and so um, looking to the future, what do you think um, creatively for you um, in terms of your career or in terms of um, projects that you're working on at the moment? Um, I, I recognise that, I think as I said earlier, that the when I am doing something creative or working as part of the team and having those discussions or ideas, that's enlivens me maybe because I don't do it all day every day I really value those aspects right but uh it's taken me a while also to feel not feel validated but the idea that um I'm still part of a creative practice so the creativity is always around you and that a lot of things that we do day to day they they actually do require a creative creative mindset is just not back to what you necessarily learn at university or the idea that you're creating the idea of a building yeah so uh i do want to make sure that i always have that element of creativity um currently in the early stages of a a project working with a a great client and um yeah it's those early stages and you can see that the whole team has that that energy of trying to to solve the the problem we've also got a few projects that are on site and will be finished soon so i think that's going to be equally exciting to see four years plus of hard work i don't think i'm going to go suddenly back yeah to being the um you know conceptual uh design architect on on projects but i am going to hold dear to uh, making sure that where my career to develop that yeah. I know that they're the things that that interest me and then also making sure that you know creativity isn't just confined to working within the office yeah so that's true. outside yeah um, outside the the office and making sure that I you know I'm getting it you know on the weekends after work there's, yeah there's always elements yeah exploring exploring yeah. you know and we're so fortunate just you know, but in terms of galleries, um, but, you know, even in the parks, the gardens, cooking, reading, you know, yeah. there's, um, the mind never stops. That is very <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, so I guess um, looking back, is there any advice that you would offer yourself? Um, and that also applies so much to um, people who are starting out. Um, and it doesn't have to be about creativity, just in general, um, what would you say? Well, and this is with the, the benefit of, of hindsight. 
I guess. And I suppose, you know, I hope I still have a long career ahead of me. So maybe it's advice to myself midpoint. I think there's this great opportunity, particularly when you're young and straight out of uni, to to gain as broad an experience as possible. Yeah. And recognising that every job, every day, every task that you are given is actually the has an experience and an ability to learn and develop uh i would definitely say yes to all the opportunities that excite you even if it seems um well out of your comfort zone so don't be held back Mm. by the idea that you don't necessarily have the specific experience or you don't know everything um no one expects you to know everything immediately right um i think it's really about having a great attitude and yeah. just embracing the opportunity which kind of does come back to just you are never going to stop learning and yeah. architecture is all encompassing and you look at the great architects and how right. long their um, careers go so um, never stop learning and never stop you know having that thirst for, for knowledge and discovery don't lose the joy yeah. in your, your work. Yeah. Things will go wrong. Days will be crappy, yeah. but, um, you know, it's a great practice. And I'd also say advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, have, believe in yourself and also advocate for the creativity and the design process. Because <laughs> yeah. if we don't champion it, no one else is going to, yeah. to do it for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true.